Welcome to Storytelling. Sport is a world language and has the ability to cross all cultural divides. Promoting sport helps to inspire all people and helps communities to flourish. Today's guest shares his story about why he entered the business of sport and is the founding director of the sports marketing agency, Sports Media Africa. Please welcome Femba Nanwada. Hello, Femba, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Debbie. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. It's an honour to be here today. Thank you. Femba, Sports Media Africa, tell us more about your company and why you started it. Wow, it's a long story. I think it goes back to, I think, 2006, uh, thereabout. I had just completed my first degree in IT, and I was you know, going to a job in IT, and I was just looking for something that had meaning, that, had, that is going to be my life a passion. Um, I mean, I, I went into IT thinking that it was, but I, um, I soon realized that of my internship that uh, as much as I, I can see the value of IT, but it wasn't something that I thought I could do it for the rest of my life. So I needed something that I was really passionate about. And I've played sports throughout my life, in uh, high school, in university, and I... I understood the the kind of personal uh, value uh, and values that it gives you into your life, but also I soon was to understand the kind of socioeconomic influence and impact that it can have on people's lives. Coming from Africa, specifically from South Africa, I know the role sports played in our own liberation from a an apartheid system. And how the sports boycott played its own role in the achievement of our own freedom. So I knew there's a power there, but I just wanted to know how it could be used to transform society and also turn around poor ridden communities into, into prosperous communities. And I think one time I was having a chat with a friend of mine. And we stumbled across a report from a sports consultancy from New Zealand that was commissioned by the Singapore Sports Authority, something like that. And it was just outlining the role sports can play in Singapore in developing kind of social morale, health, health, and also the economy. And it had this what I would call a mind map of the sports economy. And when I saw that mind map, I was like, whoa, I didn't know this was this big, that on its own, the sports is an economy with nutrition, IT, media, events, uh, all sorts of things. I mean, I thought those things, I kind of knew them, but I knew them from in silos. To, to see them as, as a collective and as a one economy was mind-blowing to me. And I said, yeah, this is what I need to pursue. And th- that's when the, the journey started for me in sports. I then uh, kind of looked for more information about sports and I got to 
eventually I went to Burbank uh, University where I was doing, uh, I did a, a master's degree in sports, business uh, management uh, and the economy for just over a year. And after that, I got a job in a sports media company that was specifically selling rights to the African sports market, which was a dream job to me at the time because that's really what I wanted. And then I got to, to be exposed how powerful media is as a tool to distribute to sports, but also to really engage the various masses across Africa. And I worked there for about five years. And after that, I started Sports and Media Africa. Really, I mean, when I started it, it really was about getting as much content as I can that is relevant or that is uh, marketable in the African sports industry uh, and sell it. Uh, that's, that's really how it really started. Yeah, it's really interesting. I just want to touch upon one point mm. you made earlier. You said that coming from South Africa mm. in particular, you saw sports as a way of facilitating freedom, as it were. Can you expand upon that a bit? Yeah. So during apartheid, uh, I think it started in the late 70s, there was a, a groundswell of grievance and disquiet with the apartheid system. It's in terms of brutality against Africans. And people around the world thought that allowing South Africa or South African national teams in various sports to participate in the international sports environment was akin to being complicit. It was akin to supporting the brutality that was being subjected to the African people in South Africa. Hence, there was this apartheid cultural boycott and sports was included in that. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, it started in the 60s, but it got to be re-intensified in the 70s and 80s. And, and the alienation of the apartheid system from international sports was a huge, huge Achilles heel to the apartheid system because it is where they got their legitimacy, especially in rugby. It is where they got and enjoy their identity as an elitist Afrikaner or white secular community. And, and, and to some extent, it, it made them feel as part of the world. And by taking away that ability to interact, engage, and feel as one with the world and feel normal, because the apartheid system was a very abnormal environment and thinking so it, it, it by taking away that ability made them to to some extent really look at themselves and really start to resent the very system that they thought was giving them value so that was power sport amongst other things but sports played a integral role and a pivotal role in ending up a date and it is well documented. And probably I'm not the most eloquent spokesman for the influence and the impact of sports in really demising of uh, apartheid system. So you set up Sports Media Africa mm. and you went on to work with a number of 
sport media companies and federations. Can you expand on that? I mean, when I, really, when I started for me, it was like, listen, where can I get the, the content that could be marketed? Obviously, football content was easier sell than anything else and is what was in demand and what was consumed across Africa. So my natural instincts was go get a football content and then sell it across Africa. So I was looking at production companies or looking at distribution companies, mainly here in Europe, and also looking at agencies that had partnerships with various federations across Europe. It really was really about looking out for content that was marketable in Africa and really was a trial and error for me at that time. It was yes, it was about growing the business, but really understanding what the market is, right? Understanding the nuances and what can sell, what can't sell. Um, how do you sell this? How do you position it? How do you market it? But also looking at African market, that is, how can you help with the, with the federations? Well, I made various presentations that were most of them unsuccessful with federations across Africa. So from Botswana to Kenya to Nigeria to uh, Senegal, in really in looking at how they could harness and maximize on their media rights and media assets. In looking mainly the challenge in Africa, it still is even now, is the commercialization of their media rights. So federations and rights owners across Africa, some of them, and I'll say predominantly a vast majority of them still don't have a framework or a model that they use to commercialize, to value their media assets. So my drive was to try to help them with that. So, I mean, we made presentations in Rwanda with their uh, cycling tour that they have there. So we spoke to the federations, made presentation to the Kenyan Rugby Union, various federations across Africa, where we thought there was there was some traction with the assets that they have locally, but the ecosystem itself was not developed enough or lacked a few things to make them great products locally and make them great products to have the potential to have international traction. In addition to working with federations across Africa, you also worked with a number of European federations, such as the FA, oh. for example. What is the story behind that? I've worked with the various uh, media rights uh, in Europe, so from the English Premier League, FA Cup, Syria, La Liga rights, DFB rights, Bundesliga rights. We also did uh, MLS in America, uh, various rights. And I mean, I've spoken to federations in, in, in Brazil about the, the Brazilian rights. So we, I think if I can summarize what the general perception is from my side about the international rights going to Africa is that because of the success of two things, two factors, that is, the English Premier League rights, and also Super Sports, which is a huge sports platform across Africa. What the success of the English Premier League across Africa has done is has created a presidency, well, an unrealistic presidency for the African sports market. What people see as the success of the English Premier League, as a, which is an exception, 
they think is a general rule for Africa, which is not. Africa sports market is still in its infancy. And this is what we have been trying to to educate federations with. I mean, these are the conversations we had with the Bundesliga when we were looking at buy or acquiring the rights. This is the a conversation we had with La Liga when we or Media Pro, which is an agency for La Liga, when we're looking at acquiring the rights or partnering with them. There is a general perception of African market which has been set by the English Premier League, but it's not really the reality of what the African market is at the moment. What has been a major highlight for Sports Media Africa? Wow, I think <laughs> surviving, <laughs> still still being here. I think it's, it's a highlight, but I think for us is to be working with the people that we're working with across Africa, uh, here in the UK and across Africa, is to have those partners are on the ground as well. Those are things that really determine who we are. I think, yes, in terms of acquiring some rights and working with like uh, FIFA rights, EPL rights, and all those things, you know, they're good for us in terms of our reputation and brand. But I think what we're embarking on right now is a major highlight. So we have two, I think, great projects that we're working with in terms of Africa. So we have, obviously, the DFB Cup, which is the premier German football tournament uh, that we have the exclusive rights for Sub-Saharan Africa for three years or three seasons. So that's a has been a highlight. But I think our strategy, uh, I think what we want to, to do for the next you know, foreseeable future is that we assist in the development of African sports uh, content or media portfolio. So we have two interesting projects right now, one in South Africa and one in Nigeria. The one in South Africa is called the Tri-Factor, which is a, a rugby a talent identification TV series. So we're working with the South African Rugby Union to identify the next rugby superstars in South Africa. It was supposed to start this year, but we're going to be starting it next year. And we'll focus on a small region called the Border Region, Border Rugby Union, where I come from. We started small there, but over the next three years or four years, we want to expand it and have national footprint and presence. So that's one. And we have another one in Nigeria, which is called King of Football Freestyle Africa, Kofa. So we're working with NTA, the national broadcaster there. And what we'll do, this is a football freestyle national competition in Nigeria. We will kind of go around the 36 states and select winners. And they will go into the regional finals. And we have 12 finalists who go into a kind of big brother style house for three weeks or three to four weeks. And an eventual winner will win the prize. I mean, those are the kind of projects that are very exciting to me because they are kind of novel and new projects combining the sports and entertainment part of it and then bridging them into and, and really what we think are going to be great projects for us for the future. And these are the kind of projects that I think, in my opinion, should start to really educate the African audience and about the potential for the sports market, but really grow the African sports 
appetite and palate organically without imposing some of the most developed sports rights or even putting some substandard sports content, local sports content that sometimes doesn't have interest because there's no connection between the audience and those and those teams sometimes. So what we want to do right now is really to connect the people with the athletes and hopefully that will start the process of, of growing interest and audience and fan base for African sports media and, and, and sports content. What advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the business of sport in Africa? Well, I think I would say go for it. I think it's a market that is untapped. It's virgin territory. I mean, even now, I mean, I've been in the industry for more than a decade now, and still, there's still lots of opportunity. And I would say start where you are. You know, you don't need to aspire to be in media. I mean, if you look at the the value chain or the media chain of the African sports market, it's huge. It's vast. There's a lot of gaps. So start. Uh, that's the most important thing. But be patient with yourself because you're working in a market that is not developed, but that has got potential. So you've got to understand. I mean, I got to realize myself that for my proposition to have value or to make sense, it has to be within a an environment or context um, that, or an, an ecosystem that is mature. So I've got to to somehow incorporate the ecosystem into my operations for my uh, proposition to have value. So those are the kind of things that you need to think about when you go into the African sports market. Femba, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Debbie. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. There is a quote by Thomas Watson Sr., which says, To be successful, you have to have your heart in your business and your business in your heart. Let whatever you do come from the heart and success will follow.